Hello, folks. This is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is Fantasy Football Fridays. Except I'm doing it on a Saturday this week. Uh, This is episode six of Fantasy Football Fridays and season two of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. Um, Hey, this might happen throughout the year. Sometimes Fridays get a little bit intense. Maybe you have a long week like I did this week. And you have to push to Friday. Luckily, I get a little, from Friday to Saturday. Luckily, I get a little bit of leeway because there are no Saturday games yet in the NFL season. But it gives me an extra day of seeing how practices go on Fridays, things like that. Seeing who's ruled out early. You know, some people are game time decisions, things like that. So this is a packed show. I want to get to a lot of information, a lot of stuff to cover. So I want to go ahead and jump in because this is going to be a pretty robust show here in week six, where we're going over the upcoming week six slate of games. All right, so I'm going to do uh, some Q&As, uh, some fantasy football questions. I get a decent amount of questions from uh, friends, some some people who I don't know, who hit me up on Twitter, things like that. So I just wanted to give a couple of questions here, a little overview. Some of them were answered earlier in the week because they had to do with the Thursday night contest. Oddly enough, even with that fantasy uh, slop fest that happened on Thursday night. Um so, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, the first question was Brian Robinson or Travis Etienne in a full PPR league? I said start Travis Etienne. A couple of different reasons behind that. I'll give a quick overview. Uh, Etienne in a full PPR league carries more value just from simple fact that he gets at least four targets per week. I don't think Brian Robinson is going to be the guy in any circumstance to get true targets in that Washington backfield. It's going to be J.D. McKissick on third down plays. It's going to be Antonio Gibson mixed in when they do screen game on early downs, things like that. More than Brian Robinson Jr. He wasn't utilized like that at Alabama. Travis Etienne was at Clemson. He's got his old college quarterback. He's got a coach that understands that he needs to get targets as well as carries, and his carries are trending up as he's playing more than James Robinson, who was a star over the first three weeks of the fantasy season. That one felt easy to me in a full PPR league. In a normal league, I would probably still lean ETN, even though Robinson had a pretty solid matchup against the Bears. All right, should I take this trade offer? Uh, The person who asked me would be sending Debo Samuel and AJ Dillon for James Robinson, Adam Thielen, and Najee Harris. So there's two ways to look at this. I'm a person who in general says the best player in the deal is, if you get the best player in the deal, you win, especially if you get a player with upside. Best player in the deal here is Debo Samuel, so that's number one. Number two, are you getting value for what you're sending? Technically, if you were to do a draft calculation type deal where it's this trade calculator uh, that you can use on different sites, I have one that I built on my own as well. Most of them would say that this is a great deal in fact you sending Samuel and A.J. Dillon for Robinson, Thielen, and Najee Harris, that person is actually sending more to you from a value standpoint. Here's my position on it. Outside of just the NBA model, which I usually use, of getting the best player, which is Debo Samuel in this position, and by the way, this is a PPR league, I'm pretty sure, it's the other thing. You have to look at how things sit with each player and if they look to get better or worse. Look at the first person, James Robinson. It's trending down for James Robinson right now. He's not going away, but he's trending more towards a flex option than he was the RB, low-end RB1 or RB2 that he started to become. He is trending towards a flex option. This actually plays on the Travis Etienne comment I made earlier. Number two, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has no specific value other than to be a bi-week fill-in. He will be on your bench, not just more weeks than not. 
I don't know when you would start Adam Thielen unless you're forced to. And then number three, Najee Harris. That offensive line is not getting better. The thing that improved for the other fantasy players on the Pittsburgh uh, offense is that they got a quarterback who's willing to throw the ball down the field so the receiving value is going up. But that might even take away from any value Najee Harris had in the pass game because they're not running screens to him. And unlike Ben Roethlisberger, they're not checking it down to him every five seconds. So this is a no-go whatsoever for me. I feel like based on all the things offered that you actually are sending the number one and number three options in this trade for the number two, four, and five. And it's a deep number five. So I told the person no, and they agreed to that uh, they need to keep Debo on their team. All right. And then the last question was start two out of three in a half PPR league. Brian Robinson, uh, Devin Singletary, and Devonta Smith. I said go with Robinson and Smith. Okay, so here's the thing. And by the way, Robinson had 12 fantasy points. Uh, I think that Robinson had um, 60 and 6 and six for the touchdowns. So I think he had 12 points on the week uh, on the Thursday night game. The reason that I said not to start Devin Singletary is even though he has a quality matchup with the respect of the Kansas City Chiefs are giving up a lot of points to the opposing running backs in PPR formats, it's because they're playing a lot of shell. They're allowing for shorter passes to be thrown to the running back. They're eating off of that in a lot of respects. It's not like running backs are rushing for 200 yards a game. The Josh Jacobs game is pretty interesting because that Devontae Adams matchup forced them out of, <laughs> you know, uh, they went to that and Josh, Ad- Josh Jacobs started to eat because they were unable to handle Devontae Adams. They had to put two safeties up that lightened the box. This is not the MO of this team in the Buffalo Bills. They will try to pass the ball to score. I think that Josh Allen will end up leading the team in rushing. And James Cook is starting to emerge more and more on third downs and even mixed in on first and second. Uh, Devin Singletary is a nice piece to have on your team because when you need someone to play, he is a good low and flex option. When you otherwise, you don't really start Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is literally a low and flex option. If you have two flexes in a lineup because someone removed a kicker, let's say, Devin Singletary will probably occupy that second flex option every week. Brian Robinson Jr., I thought, had a great great matchup, and he ended up scoring in this particular matchup. And I think Devonta Smith is going to end up being the receiver on the Eagles that you want this week because of how the Cowboys will try to take away A.J. Brown, which I'll get into a little bit later. So those are the ways I answer those questions. Uh, keep sending them, whether it's, uh, you know, if you know me personally, you can send them to me via, you know, phone, whatever. If you don't know me on a personal level, you can send it to my Twitter. Again, my Twitter is at CJ Florida nine. It's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out in the number nine or on any other social media that you might have connectivity to me with if you don't have my phone number, which I'm not going to give out, by the way, um, because that becomes a mess, especially on Sundays. And by the way, folks, if you need some fantasy football advice, please understand the following. The panic that you might be going through before your contest, especially on Sunday morning, realize that I'm a person and I have more than one or two people asking me. There's a lot of people who want to ask me about an hour before the games. Keep in mind, I might actually be going to a game, trying to enjoy my life or watching games or setting my own lineups in the 10 leagues I have. Plus, I also have daily fantasy lineups, which I want to talk about later. So just give give that consideration. If you have a question, let's try not to wait until an hour before the game. Let's let's do it on Saturday. You know, if something's on your mind, bring it up on Saturday so I have some time and some leeway, some runway 
to make a decision to help you out. Otherwise, I can't guarantee I'll be able to get back to you because again, <laughs> I do want to live my life. Um, we're going to go ahead and go ahead into the week six rankings. So here's how I do rankings for those of you all who are either uh, new to the show or this is only, you know, your second time listening. I do rankings for the following positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and special team. I don't do kicker rating rankings because again, not only do, do the stats bear out to say kickers one through 10 per year, there's an average difference of like seven points. There's not a lot of point differential in kickers. If you get a kicker, as long as they're competent, then you're good to go. That's it. All right. So I don't rank them. I rank 15 quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 25 wide receivers, 10 tight ends and 10 defensive special teams. And I also give a sleeper for each. Sleepers are usually people who are outside the bubble of norm, basically trying to go about 20 to 25% out of the bubble. Uh, Quarterbacks, I try to keep them, you know, ranked in the 20s to 30s, right? Someone who stands out from there. Uh, Running backs, uh, since I do 20, I try to get someone out of the top, outside of the top 30. Receivers, since I do top 25, I try to get someone out of the top 40 if possible. Uh, tight ends, I do 10. I try to get someone out of the top 15. Same thing with defense and special teams. That's what I try to do with these, just to give you an overview of why I'm doing sleepers uh, or where they're coming from. I'm not doing a sleeper. If I do 15 quarterbacks, my sleeper won't be the number 16 quarterback. Like That's just a cop out. All right, so let's jump into the quarterbacks. And here, I'm going to talk about a few of them. Some you'll get, some need a little bit more explanation. So number one is Josh Allen at the Chiefs. Number two is Lamar Jackson at the Giants. Number three is Kyler Murray at the Seahawks. Number four, Patrick Mahomes uh, hosting the Bills. Number five, Tom Brady at the Steelers. I want to stop here for a second. So I expected the same thing against the Falcons last week as this week. Here's the biggest difference. So the Falcons were able to get after Tom Brady in the second half. Even in the first half, they had some effective rushes that really bothered Brady, but he was able to navigate and get the ball out of his hands, whether completing it to a receiver or just dirtying and getting rid of it. This week, the Steelers don't have that effective pass rush. T.J. Watt is not back yet. Their back end is not playing as well as the Falcons' back end is playing. So even though I felt pretty good about him last week, I feel really good about him this week. You're in a situation where you're not comfortable. You're not at home. You're not just trying to hold the water against a a division division opponent. Even though the Steelers, I know, will have fight because Tomlin is that type of guy and that type of coach, I just think the Bucs are going to come out a week healthier and try to prove some points. Um, And this will affect some of the stuff for other people or where they're ranked uh, this upcoming week. Number six, Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys. Number seven, Kirk Cousins at the Dolphins. Number eight, Geno Smith against the Cardinals. Number nine, Aaron Rodgers against the Jets. I want to stop here. Last week, I was very disappointed in Aaron Rodgers. In a game where I know, and Matt LaFleur, in a game that I know where you should probably go to be effective, they went the opposite. I don't know if it was to prove points or just because they got into this trying to outsmart themselves. Aaron Rodgers is is a highly intelligent person. Four seems like he's also a highly intelligent person. Sometimes highly intelligent people who have a certain level of hubris will screw themselves. And they did last week. They threw the ball way too much, right? In a matchup where they were supposed to run the ball. Well, this is the matchup when they should be actually throwing the ball. Um, as long as you're not throwing at Sauce Gardner, you should be able to take advantage with the pieces you have, especially the running backs, and throw them the ball. Screen game, quick game, get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. And I think that Aaron Rodgers will have a couple of touchdowns. This is the type of thing that makes you quarterback nine on a week when teams are also on the buys, which, by the way, if I didn't say it earlier, 
There are four teams on a bye this week. I believe it is, and I'm trying to get this right. I know the Titans and the Texans are on a bye. So are the Raiders and the Lions. Yes, those are the four teams. Okay, I'm going to move on to quarterback number 10. It's Trevor Lawrence at the Colts. Number 11 is Justin Herbert playing against the Broncos. I want to stop here for a second. He's actually going to be on a list later. But Justin Herbert of the Chargers playing against the Broncos, Monday night game against a really good defense. Okay, the Chargers... Offensive line is going to have some struggles because they lost Rashawn Slater. They played okay football this year, but they're going up against a defensive front that's getting after people. And Baron Browning is really showing that he's got some talent to do something after being a stand-up linebacker to be able to actually rush the passer. Uh, he's kind of like a, a it's a backup because this is not the same athlete, but kind of what they did with Micah Parsons. Hey, can you do this? Oh, by the way, holy crap, you can't do this. So if he's healthy, He's coming after you. The back end is really good with Patrick Sertan Jr. Or the second. Um, and Keenan Allen might be out. So this is one of those situations where you'll probably do a better uh, job running the ball against them. So they might get Austin Eckler some more uh, carries. Might even get Spiller in there. Someone else to help out. So that's why I have Herbert downgraded is because of the matchup. And also, if they want to win the game, they need to do it effectively. And if you heard my turf talk Thursday even further, I actually have the Broncos somehow winning this game. All right, speaking of the Broncos, I have Russell Wilson at 12 here at the Chargers. Again, they don't have Joey Bosa. They're having some struggles on their defensive side of the ball. I think there might have been some uh, level of coming to Jesus in this past 10 days that they've had off to where they just realized, look, Russ is not doing the job right now. This offense looks uh, a little scattered. Let's go ahead and get things back in order, back in line, and make things more effective. And they're getting healthier on their offense as well. Number 13, Skylar Thompson uh, of the Dolphins, who is replacing uh, both Tua and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, playing against the Falcons. Number 14, Jimmy Garoppolo at the Falcons. I think this is going to be a passing game for this team. I think that they'll be able to affect a lot of the blitzes that Peace wants to bring and take advantage of people being out of position, especially if you're George Kittle. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good play here at number 14 especially when you look at the quarterbacks that are out this week, guys who have been doing a good job getting you some fantasy points um, in Derek Carr and in Jared Goff. And then number 15, Joe Burrow at the Saints. My sleeper pick is one that I think is interesting, and this is why fantasy is fantasy. Fantasy points don't exactly dictate you being this particular player as far as like, it's called Bordling or whatever. Basically, just because you're in the number five or six or seven quarterback in fantasy football does not mean you're the number five, six or seven quarterback in true football. My sleeper here is not a guy that I'm fully on board with, but because of what he possesses and the opportunities he'll be given, I think he could have a good fantasy day. And that's Kenny Pickett of the Steelers playing against the Bucks. You have a Bucks team that if you're going to take advantage of them, it's going to be with what we talked about for a second earlier with regards to excuse me, um, who gets the improvement with a bad offensive line for the Steelers the, and no Pat Fryermuth, you'll probably see more six-man protections. You'll see less Najee Harris, and you'll see more deep shots down the field to the likes of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickens. Those types of situations can get you either A, whether it's a deep catch and you get fantasy points from that, or B, getting a pass interference, which gets you near the red zone and you might be able to score a touchdown and also Kenny Pickett is athletic enough right he's not a a supreme athlete but he's athletic enough 
to use his legs to get some uh, get some rushing yards, right? So he's a good sneaky play if you need someone outside the top 20 in Kenny Pickett, even in daily fantasy formats. If you want to quote-unquote punt on quarterback, he's a place to go. All right, so let's move on to the running back position. We've got 20 of them. We're going to start off with the number one guy, and he's number one in a lot of weeks, and that's Saquon Barkley of the Giants playing against the Ravens. Austin Eckler playing against the Broncos is number two. We discussed that earlier. I expect them to try to take advantage of the ground game and some checkdowns to Austin Eckler. And in a PPR format, which is how I do my fantasy outlooks, using PPR full PPR format, that's where people like Austin Eckler have great fantasy value and can eat. Number three is Nick Chubb playing against the Patriots. <laughs> Nick Chubb will be in the top five, even in a PPR format, virtually every week this year. Number four, Christian McCaffrey of the Panthers at the Rams. I want to stop here for a second. McCaffrey is, I think, going to trend up in one of two ways. I think if McCaffrey is staying on this roster, which is a high possibility, I don't think they're going to get rid of him uh, or try to trade him. I think that they will try to utilize McCaffrey via guy like P.J. Walker, who's willing to throw the ball to him. And when Baker Mayfield comes back, if he does take this job back over, they will say, hey, Baker, get the ball in this guy's damn hands. Okay? So, Chris McCaffrey is trending up from that direction. Or, and it's awkward that they're playing this week against the Rams. I don't know if they have the capital to do this, but there's some teams that may want the services of this guy. You know? What if the Seahawks feel pretty good about their, their seating and say, you know what? We beat the Cardinals this week. We might be able to actually win this division. And they go get a Christian McCaffrey uh, in this scenario to pair with Kenneth Walker Jr. or the third. Uh, what if they, the Rams, decide that if you haven't heard the reports, Cam Akers isn't playing this game. He's sat. He's getting sat down. Like he's just shut down this week. Is that because he's not healthy? Is that because they're trying to trade him? I don't know. But if he does get traded and does get moved, they might be freeing up some situation. Uh, to get a guy like Chris McCaffrey in. And also, they're playing him this week. They get to get a full view of how Chris McCaffrey would possibly function in this offense. And I think it would be an excellent pickup if they're able to negotiate that one. But anyway, all right, we're going to look and we're going to go to the number five guy, Alvin Kamara against the Bengals. Quick blurb on that. Andy Dalton is starting a quarterback. You're going to see the Saints run the offense they used to run, which they still should run when Jameis Winston comes back, in my opinion. A lot of checkdowns, a lot of easy stuff, quick game, screen game, things like that. Alvin Kamara should be great in PPR formats, even a solid play and an, a low in RB1 in uh, non-PPR formats. Number six, Jonathan Taylor against the Jags. I need to see that offensive line get better. Number seven, Ramondre Stevenson at the Browns. Number eight, Brees Hall at the Packers. Number nine, Dalvin Cook at the Dolphins. Number 10, Aaron Jones against the Jets. And then we're going to stop at number 11. Kenneth Walker of the Seahawks playing against the Cardinals. I think that this week they do try to uh, actually put a little bit more on his plate. Geno Smith has been cooking, and I didn't want to discredit Geno because Geno might actually, you know, still score multiple touchdowns like he's been doing. He's been balling this year. But I don't think they wanted to put too much on Penny because they knew that, and this is the crappy part. When I say this, I don't mean that someone's injury prone, but when injuries still occur, you want to hedge against him. And he has serious injuries happen. That's why you know he's not injury prone. He's not walking around with like hamstring soreness all the time and things like that. Things that would hinder you. He like fractures a fibula. Like he does these, these terrible things happen to this poor guy. So sad for a guy like, excuse me, Rashad Penny, who is a hell of a football player. And Kenneth Walker, they'll put more on him. 
because he hasn't had to carry the load yet. So they'll put more on him. He might get 20 carries in this game. That type of uh, output. And if you're going to get that much opportunity, and he's fairly talented. He's pretty doggone talented. That much opportunity. Goal line work, probably. That's how you get fantasy value in either format. Whether it's non-PPR, half PPR, or, again, how I'm grading these folks, full PPR. All right, number 12, Joe Mixon playing at the Saints. Number 13, Eno Benjamin at the Seahawks. Stop here just for a second. In that same game, I think this will be kind of a score fest. I think that there's going to be opportunity for Eno Benjamin. In most situations, in most weeks, I would not have Eno Benjamin ranked nearly this high, even if he has the full backfield, which he should have with James Conner out. It's simply the matchup where the Seahawks are great against the ground game, especially running backs. They seem to lose them a lot. Watching that Saints game, there were several times that Andy Dalton, and I'm not even going to give shade to him, I don't think he like realized that they were this bad, where you'd see Kamara cut across, and he would have been wide open for a touchdown, like 50-yard walk-in touchdown, but the play was going to the opposite side, and I, that's why I don't blame Dalton. No one would think that a team would full-out leave someone that open ever. So I think the same type of things happen in this game, and Eno Benjamin could come out the back door, come out the back side of it, where, you know, guy like Kyler Murray moves to the left. If they're the plays intended right, sees Eno Benjamin wide open, 50-yard walk-in touchdown. So that's why I have Eno Benjamin this high is because of the matchup. Number 14, J.K. Dobbins uh, against the, the Giants. This is a J, this is the J.K. Dobbins play week. We'll get into that later. Number 15, Leonard Fournette at the Steelers. I want to stop here for a second because I actually got this question um, from a uh, an old high school teammate reached out to me and he said, this sounds weird, but more rush yards, uh, Leonard Fournette or Kenny Pickett. And I said Fournette. And then I also had the, you know, the weird thing that could play out in this game is this game script can lend itself towards Leonard Fournette having minimal rush yards. I think that they're going to come and shoot the lights out against the Steelers. I think the Bucks will throw the ball around the yard. If they get up by a lot, they want to conserve Leonard Fournette for the postseason. You could see a lot of Rashad White, okay? Leonard Fournette could end up with 25 rushing yards on the day. He might have some fantasy value from getting some checkdowns and PPR formats, but that's the type of situation I think could play out here. And that's why I have Leonard Fournette low. It's not that it's a bad play to play Leonard Fournette. I think you need to pray that Leonard Fournette gets more opportunities than he probably will get in a game that's probably going to be uh, a blowout. All right. So that's why Leonard Fournette is uh, ranked this low, even though it's a tasty matchup in a lot of ways. Otherwise, number 16, Melvin Gordon at the Chargers. Number 17, Travis Etienne at the Colts. Number 18, Miles Sanders against the Cowboys. Number 19, Jeff Wilson Jr. at the Falcons. Want to stop here for a second. Jeff Wilson Jr. has balled out in replacement of Eli Mitchell. He's even gotten some receiving uh, options or receiving uh, opportunities, I should say. Um while Mitchell's been out. And that's not traditionally a thing for this running back core. But I said it again. I said it for picks 11. I'm saying it here again. He's a a must-sit for me this week. The Falcons' defense is good against the run. Don't let the numbers fool you. Everyone gets destroyed by Nick Chubb. And then also they give up a really long run to Taysom Hill. Other than that, against guys like Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, by the way, and... Rashad Penny, they've given up an average of 53.7 yards per game against those three guys. Pretty good running backs, especially from a fantasy perspective, but in a real football perspective, absolutely. 
So I think that this is more of a prey. Also, I think they can throw the ball with a lot of misdirection and things like that, get George Kittle and Debo Samuel in the space. And I think that this is more of a passing game than a Jeff Wilson Jr. game. And the final nail in the coffin on this particular one is with uh, Davis Price being back. He'll get some more carries. Remember, he had 14 carries the last healthy game he had. I think he'll get at least eight, which eats into a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. who's had this backfield virtually to himself, even with some Tevin Coleman action last week. They get him eight carries. They get Tevin Coleman six carries, which leaves a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. to having 16, which is still a decent amount of carries. But it's not the 15-16 is not the 20-plus that he could get in normal circumstances. And in fact, I actually think he'll have less than that. I think he'll have closer to 12. I don't think he's going to have that workload because of how this game's set up. All right. And the final ranked player is Raheem Mostert of the Dolphins against the Vikings. That's number 20. And as I mentioned earlier about Leonard Fournette, I like Rashad White as a sneaky play here. Again, I think he could end up being the running back. And again, this is think, not guarantee, or even where I can lean towards. I'm hedging here. Rashad White's a good sleeper play because he could actually be the Buccaneers running back with the highest point total. Um, I think they want to use him more and more to spell Leonard Fournette. And also, if they're blowing them out, they're going to sit Leonard Fournette down. That's just what they're going to do, and it's the smart play. All right, moving on to the wide receivers. We got 25. I want to start with the number one guy, and I want to actually talk about the number one guy. And that's going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown of the Cardinals at the Seahawks. I'm going to give you a quick overview of Marquise Brown. And there's a couple of things that also come into play here. Here are his target levels. And we're going to start with week one. And these are just targets, not receptions. Week one and move forward to week five. Six, 11, 17, 11, 10. If you give me a guy with double-digit targets in four out of five weeks, in the last four weeks specifically, I want to play that, that wide receiver. But let's go with the actual receptions as well. So four, six, 14, six, eight. Pretty good to get those numbers out the bat. He's guaranteed as a floor of six points from a reception standpoint. He's gotten six, uh, 43, 68, 140, 88, and 78. He's also had three touchdowns this season with a touchdown coming in each of the last two games. From a fantasy perspective, he is gold. He plays in the slot as well. This is an area that the Seahawks struggle with. Their exterior cornerbacks are big, physical, stronger guys. Their slot corner, talented, but Marquise Brown will eat in that slot. I think that he ends up with, and by the way, last comment about this, New Hopkins comes back next week. Guess what they want to do? They want to make sure Hollywood is very happy before his target come down <laughs> starting next week. So they're probably going to give him, and I'm not making a joke here. I think he's going to get at least 15, if not 20 targets in this game. 20 targets are on the table. I'm actually predicting this type of game from him. I think he'll have 12 for a buck 25 and a touchdown. At least. Probably two. Look. This is the type of game that you want a player like him on your roster. So he's the number one play this week for me. Number two is the guy who's usually number one, and that's Cooper Cup playing against the Panthers. Justin Jefferson at three against the Dolphins. Stephon Diggs at four against the Chiefs or at the Chiefs. Number five, Debo Samuel at the Falcons. Number six, Tyreek Hill against the Vikings. I want to stop here for a second. Tyreek Hill injured his foot last week, and that's why or his heel or whatever it was. And that's why Tyreek Hill was not putting up the fantasy points I expected or that anyone expected. 
not that Tyreek Hill is had a bad game, period, or even that Skylar Thompson was the quarterback. Okay, a couple of things going to happen. So he's pretty much fully healthy, right? As healthy as anyone can be after suffering a foot injury the week prior. Tyreek Hill is a guy that you could just get a, a touch pass to and he'll take off. Number two, Skylar Thompson's actually able to be the number one guy with a full week of practice. This is big for him, so I think Tyreek Hill will be the beneficiary of that because he is, again, Tyree Kill. Next guy I do want to talk about for a second, number seven, Mike Evans of the Bucks at the Steelers. The Steelers struggled against a guy like Gabe Davis. Mike Evans has a lot of Gabe Davis in his game, but with obvious positives that exceed it. He's roughly the speed that Gabe Davis runs, about a 4'6 guy. But the big thing is he high points the ball, and even in good coverage, I think that what will happen is the Bucks will go three, three wides a lot. They'll go with 11 personnel quite a bit. And what's going to put pressure on a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick is them flashing Chris Godwin consistently in front of his face, giving one-on-one shots for Brady to go down the field to Mike Evans. I feel like he'll end up getting a touchdown in this game and one deep shot in this game, which fantasy fantasy gold. Uh, number eight, Cortland Sutton at the Chargers. Number nine, DK Metcalf against the Cardinals. Number 10, Chris Godwin at the Steelers. Different outcome from a different, same outcome as far as a point uh, situation, but different way of getting there. I think he doubles the amount of receptions of Mike Evans this week, but still have him ranked lower because I don't think he gets in the end zone. Number 11, CD Lamb at the Eagles. Number 12, Jamar Chase at the Saints. Jamar Chase, in some people's eyes, has been a disappointment. But he's had no real bust-bust games. Like, he hasn't been awful. He just hasn't been putting up the numbers. And it's because NFL teams know him now and know him not that they've solved him. They're like, look, we're not going to give you the easy. You're going to have to figure out other ways. And Jamar Chase is good enough to do it. But in a game like this where, yes, he could get the Saints over the top, I think the Saints do it very similarly where they shut him down and keep him boxed in because T. Higgins is not likely to play. So they'll have him as a focal point, even with Marshawn Lattimore on him. They'll still apply help, which they couldn't do in same the same respect last week when you had two guys like this. Now you'll have just the focus of Chase. If Higgins was playing and healthy, I would have Chase ranked higher, but not in this scenario. Number 13, Jalen Waddle uh, against the Vikings. Number 14, Tyler Lockett against the Cardinals. Number 15, Gabe Davis at the Chiefs. Want to stop here for just a second. Very similarly, Josh Allen's going to have a pretty big day from a fantasy perspective and real ball football perspective against the Chiefs. This is going to be a high-scoring game. He doesn't go to any other guys except for two. He goes to Stephon Diggs. That's his guy. Then he likes to go to Gabe Davis on deep shots. I think that's what they're going to have to do is Gabe, uh, Gabe Davis with a deep shot or two because they're going to try to bracket Stephon Diggs and try to not let him eat even though he'll still be able to do so. So Gabe Davis is an exceptional play here for me given how things look and he's ranked really low by other people some weeks i usually don't agree with it um and it's come to fruition this week i don't agree with it in the opposite direction i think that he needs to be ranked a lot higher number 16 christian kirk at the colts 17 mike williams against the broncos 18 aj brown against the cowboys i want to stop here for just a second we're going to talk about him a little later when we do our uh play and pray lineups but basically here's the outlook for aj brown I think that they believe Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball unless it's to A.J. Brown. Please listen to what I said before anyone says that I said something different. I think they, the Cowboys, believe that Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball to anyone other than 
AJ Brown unless AJ Brown's going because that's how people think. And the way that they're going to do that is not only will they have Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs on him for quite a bit, and AJ Brown doesn't move into the slot really, so they can easily do that with Diggs. But I also think that they're going to probably hedge his way and hope that he doesn't get into one-on-ones with Diggs because he can beat Diggs. It's not a 50-50 prop. I think it's more 60-40. Um, even though Diggs makes things 60-40 his way for a lot of receivers, AJ Brown's not a lot of receivers. So I think that there's less opportunity there for Brown and more opportunity for his teammate, who I'm going to mention in a second. That's why I've downgraded Brown compared to where he's ranked. Usually he's in the top 10 for most people this week. I don't see it personally, just because I think the Cowboys will focus on him. And by the way, that's not true. Jalen Hurts can throw to anyone. You just needed to give him some weapons so that he could do that. All right. Number 19, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers at the Bucks or against the Bucks, I should say, because they're playing at home. Number 20, Rondell Moore of the Cardinals at the Seahawks. 21, Michael Pittman Jr. against the Jags. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way, man. Michael Pittman Jr. is a talented player. Michael Pittman Jr. is a good receiver. In fantasy respects, he's a high-end wide receiver to most times, most situations. Not currently. And what do I mean by that? Matt Ryan's not good right now. I think Matt Ryan would tell you for Matt Ryan that he's not good right now. Pittman Jr. will get some attention from the Jaguars this week. And I think that Alec Pierce will get, you know, a bigger role. And I think that they're going to try to run the ball and control the clock. That brings down the value of Pittman, who I don't think gets in the end zone this week. And since he doesn't have high volume from a PPR format with receptions, that's going to cost him. He'll probably end up with a stat line. And this is a pretty good stat line for real football. Five for 75. That's a really good stat line. But 12.5 fantasy points for a wide receiver does not do much for you in a PPR format. All right. Number 22, Amari Cooper doing Amari Cooper things against the Patriots. Number 23, Devonta Smith against the Cowboys. Again, I think that he might end up being the number one receiver for this particular team uh, on the week for the Eagles. The reason that I ranked him lower is touchdown equity. If they're near the red zone, he's not going to get the touchdown target in most respects. It'll probably go to A.J. Brown. That's the deciding factor here for me as to why he's ranked a little lower than A.J. Brown. Number 24, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Chiefs against the Bills. Want to stop here right now. Last week, I had Juju ranked in the top 25, and he had a bust week. I did not realize this. I thought he was going to be healthy. I thought the hamstring wasn't giving him problems. They said that the hamstring was stressed out and strained again right uh, going into the game. Um, and so that's why he looked like a tight end playing out there. He did not look explosive. He couldn't get open. It's because he strained his hamstring again. Apparently, he's been fine this week in practice. If that's the case, Juju, who's never been the most explosive player, but he's been able to get open, and he just looked like he couldn't last week. He looked like he was struggling. It makes a lot of sense that the hamstring was bothering him. So I think that this week against the Bills with backup cornerbacks that he could get open and have a wide receiver two slash flex uh, option play be in play for the week. Number 25, Alan Lazard of the Packers against the Jets. All right, so my sleeper guy, and I don't know why he's ranked so low. It might just be because uh, TJ, no, because T Higgins, not TJ, T Higgins, his injury concerns weren't as large as they are now when people started their rankings early in the week. By the way, just want to get this out of the way. When people do rankings, when I do my spot on Sunday, we do those things early in the week. We are asked 
and it gets answered because we need to put this stuff in before waivers go through in a lot of scenarios and before we get the full complement of all the stuff that's going on from an injury standpoint. It's incredibly hard. I know people want to hear something different, but it is. When you don't know something that you have no control over, you can just do your best job doing rankings, assessments, things like that. I do my TV spot on Wednesday for a Sunday show. Sometimes guys will be ruled out because they might get injured on Thursday. Keep that in mind. Same thing with these rankings. Sometimes you got to give a little grace to these people because they're doing rankings on Tuesday for something that's being done on Thursday at the earliest, but in general Sunday. That's a lot of time to pass. So Tyler Boyd was ranked outside the top 40 on ESPN, which is what I used for this week. I think he was ranked 41 as a consensus. All right, cool. Tyler Boyd's not going to be the 41st receiver, especially if T. Higgins doesn't play. He's my sleeper this week. It's almost a a cop-out that I was able to use Tyler Boyd because everyone here knows Tyler Boyd is a strong flex with wide receiver two upside against a Saints team that lost their slot corner. They haven't done a great job in that position this year. Just in general, they've had a lot of issues on the back end. I think Tyler Boyd eats this week. So let's go ahead and move on to the tight ends. Got 10 of these guys. And we're going to start with, uh, I really should just on a weekly basis start with number three. I tried to get cute earlier in the week, uh, early in the season and knock a guy out uh, and put this number one guy at number three, but that made me fall flat on my face, so I'm not doing it anytime soon. And that's Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs um, playing against the Bills. By the way, that happened in like week two of the season. I was like, there's no way that they don't give Kyle Pitts the ball against the Rams who don't have any linebackers who could do anything. There's no way that they won't let Kyle Pitts actually cook. And then I realized there is a way. It's called Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith does not like his tight end from a <laughs> from a pass catching a pass catching tight end he does not like from a pass catching respect. You can tell me I'm wrong. Maybe it's because of how the coverage goes. I haven't watched every down of Atlanta Falcons, but what I have seen is the routes run and it's not a lot. He's blocking way more than he should when he's truly truly just a large slot wide receiver. <laughs> Insane. But anyway, Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end against the Bills. Number two, Mark Andrews of the Ravens at the Giants. Number three is Zach Ertz at the Seahawks. Number four is George Kittle at the Falcons. And I want to stop here. We talked about it earlier. I think this is a big George Kittle game. He's trending up in the amount of plays that he's running routes on. I think early on, they had to try to make sure that A, Jimmy Garoppolo was comfortable with no Trent Williams. And B, George Kittle was unfortunately the beneficiary, quote unquote, of more passing uh, pass blocking duty and more blocking duty period well they're starting to get more comfortable things are looking decent with their offensive line they're letting Kittle get out there and run routes and Kittle has always been a high leverage player it's just that Kittle has injury concerns because of I'm bringing you all behind the curtain George Kittle is like six two and a half 245 pounds on a good day he is not a big man he's not small like I think he's 240 to be honest or 239 he's a, a large person but He's doing it against 280 pounders. Like, the dude is a beast for how he's able to handle himself at that size to actually make you think that he's a Rob Gronkowski size tight end, six foot four and a half, 270 damn pounds or 265 pounds when he was in his playing shape. But George Kittle should be able to work against the grain on some of those play action fakes, naked boots, and be wide open for like a 40 or 50 yard uh, play. Number five, Tyler Higby 
against the Panthers. They're peppering him with targets. Number six, David Njoku against the Patriots. Number seven, Gerald Everett against the Broncos. Want to stop here for just a second. Gerald Everett has been the beneficiary of Keenan Allen missing. He will continue to be. He's still a good tight end play with Allen's in. And Allen, who's not guaranteed to be out, and I should have said this in the wide receiver session, he's not guaranteed to be out, but I refuse to rank a player who has a hamstring-based issue. And by the way, we'll start here. It's part of the reason that I told people not to draft Allen. It is nothing to do with his talent. Keenan Allen's still a badass wide receiver. But Keenan Allen is 30. Like, he's going to have issues with soft tissue things. He's had them in the past. They're only going to like exa- be exacerbated by his age. And on a Monday night game with a dude with a hamstring issue, I am not trusting that. He is not going to play significant minutes, even if he does, and they might just rule him out, period. So, Gerald Everett will be the beneficiary of that. Number eight, Dallas Goddard playing against Dallas, the Cowboys this week. Number nine, want to stop here because this, use it while you can, and then if you're a super flex league, then use it while you can. And that is Taysom Hill being tight and eligible. Still, after that big four touchdown week, I think the more that Andy Dalton plays, the more Taysom Hill you're going to see near the goal line or in short yardage, and he might break one. He's listed as a tight end because of the fact that he gets running back carries and goal line equity. I have to have him in the top 10. He's ranked number nine this week because maybe the Saints don't need him because they don't get in the goal to go area. Maybe they score long touchdowns or don't get near the goal anyway. So that's why he's number nine. He has tight end one upside because of how he's utilized though. And then number 10, Dalton Schultz at the Eagles. He's finally healthy, full practice the entire week. Good for him. And that's been the big issue. Go trade for Dalton Schultz if you don't have him in a league and someone who's been frustrated with him or has him on the bench because they have a better option, i.e. a Tyler Higby. They'll probably be willing to part with Dalton Schultz and you can get a top seven tight end right now for cheap. My sleeper, and it was a sleeper on the Picks 11 uh, spot, Will Disley of the Seahawks playing against the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals have like 19 tight ends, including Noah Fant. You know what they don't have? Trust in Noah Fant. That doesn't mean Noah Fant's a bad player, but Noah Fant hasn't been utilized. When he's been healthy, not utilized. They've used Parkinson. They've used Disley. Number two, Disley has been a guy that they A, paid this offseason, but B, they've utilized him. Disley has continuously been a part of this offense even before the season started. I don't think that changes. So Will Disley is a great play if you need a flyer tight end, upside type tight end, because he'll probably get some goal line uh, equity as well because hey DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett they're at the nine yard line I'm gonna make sure I defend those guys and defend against the run guess who's open the tight end all right moving to the defensive special teams Tampa Bay Buccaneers say less playing against the Steelers San Francisco 49ers at the Falcons at number two number three the Eagles playing against the Cowboys stop there for just a second let's go ahead and get it out there and call a spade a spade This is the type of Dallas Cowboys team that I think the Rams, not a joke, were a top five defense last week in a loss by double digits because the damn, because the Cowboys can't score and this Eagles defense is good. So even if the Cowboys make it competitive, the Eagles defense is going to be good. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Because the Cowboys offense just isn't that good right now. All right. Number four. 
the Rams against the Panthers. Number five, the Panthers against the, at the Rams. Expect a little story game. And again, the Rams still can't block. Number six, the Jaguars at the Colts. Number seven, the Ravens at the Giants. Number eight, the Packers against the Jets. Number nine, the Bengals at the Saints. Still don't trust the Saints offense. It hurts me to say this. I have a job to do. I try my best to not let my bias get in the way of my job. I just hate that I have to do my job and try to do it well. Hopefully, I'm wrong here and we destroy the Bengals. But. And then number 10, the Cowboys defense at the Eagles. Say what you want to and say what you want to say. I don't like seeing the Cowboys defense ranked as low as they've been ranked this week because they're playing the Eagles. The Cowboys defense is still really good. Cowboys defense can still get after the quarterback and might get some sacks. And I don't think the Eagles are going to put up 28 plus points. I think the Eagles win this game in a more of a 21 to to 13 fashion. It's going to be one of those games where it's more defensively structured. And again, you might get maybe a turnover, but probably some some pressures. Well, probably some sacks because you'll definitely get pressures from that Cowboys front. And then I have two sleeper defenses this week because I wanted to mention both. Um, the first one is was mentioned earlier, the Broncos playing against the Chargers. I just think that the Chargers are being overrated and overvalued on offense right now. I understand why you have to play them. You all love Justin Herbert as a, as a community because, a fantasy community because Justin Herbert's uber talented. But sometimes Justin Herbert isn't set up for the best fantasy games. And this is one of those weeks where he's not set up for, the, for a great fantasy game. Justin Herbert's a better actual quarterback this week than fantasy quarterback this week. Okay, and I think the Denver Broncos defense will be a good streaming option. But another one, and this is a sneaky one. I like the Giants against the Ravens this week. I don't think that's going to be a high scoring game. I think the Ravens defense does a damn good job against them. Right. That's why I have them ranked number seven. But I also think the Giants are, are going to do a good job. I, I, I would have them right outside of my rankings. But in the overall rankings on ESPN, they're like 17 or something like that. I need to I can give you a quick quick view on that one they are 19 and the Cowboys are 17 so being ranked right there look I'm just gonna have to say it and get it out of the way I don't trust that type of ranking I don't I think that the one of the things the Giants have done really well is that they've kept everything in front of them and they've made games be grinded out the Ravens are fine with games being grinded out which calls for less fantasy points less scoring period and that is what the scenario is here all right so let's move on to my uh, my ultimate player prey. For those of you all who are not familiar, this used to be called Stardom and Sit'em. But then I had a person reach out, and I'm not mad at them. I understood. They didn't understand what I meant by Stardom and Sit'em. So they sat someone who was a really good player, and then they were upset. The goal of Stardom and Sit'em, and now play and prey, is I expect this person to exceed their, their projected point total. So that's why it used to be stardom, or now it's called play. I play them with confidence. Or the concept, I don't expect them to reach their projected total. It used to be a sit them, but now I'm calling it pray. Pray that they reach their total, their, their projected total, but I don't think they will. So those are the, new, the two new ones. Hopefully no one from a religious group comes against me and stop using prayer, whatever. So I'm going with play and pray. So the go play, play with confidence, quarterback. And by the way, this is the setup. It is a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex option, and one defensive special teams. Okay, so I'm going to fly through these. My quarterback, Kyler Murray at the Seahawks. My running backs, Ramon J. Stevenson at the Browns and J.K. Dobbins at the Giants. My wide receivers, 
Marquise Hollywood Brown at the Seahawks, Chris Godwin at the Steelers, Gabe Davis at the Chiefs, my tight end, George Kittle at the Falcons, my flex, Travis Etienne at the Colts, and my defensive special teams, the Bucks at the Steelers. Even though they're ranked number one on sites, and I have the rank number one, this is the 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 weird time when I think they could exceed their point total by quite a bit, even though they're ranked number one. All right, my, my go pray team. Again, these are people you're probably going to be uh, playing. I'm playing a few of them, by the way, but I think that they're going to not get to their projected point total. Quarterback, Justin Herbert against the Broncos. Running backs, Leonard Fournette at the Steelers and Jeff Wilson Jr. at the Falcons. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase at the Saints, A.J. Brown against the Cowboys, and Michael Pittman Jr. against the Jags. My tight end. I don't even know if he's healthy this week. He might not play, but right now he's healthy. Kyle Pitts against the 49ers. Until I see anything from that offensive coaching staff to say that they want Kyle Pitts to be a focal point, I can't believe it. And again, they win games, can't complain, but they're not winning enough games to justify it. Flex. Keenan Allen against the Broncos, same thing. Still listed as uh, questionable health, uh, considered uh, a play this week. I don't trust it. I would not, even if he is healthy to play this game, I don't trust it. Hamstrings on older guys who play in the slot. No, thank you. And then defense special teams, Indianapolis Colts against the Jags. I think this is one of those games that could get out of hand. I see that the Colts are ranked number 10 on the ESPN site. I think they might. I think the Jags might try to prove a point this week. That's all I got to say. All right, here's what I wanted to get to. My Millionaire Maker lineups. I'm playing in the Millionaire Maker um, in, on FanDuel. So, excuse me. Um, I have a couple of lineups that I have in there this week. I might put in a couple of more. But I wanted to go with two different perspective lineups and how they're set up. So the first one is going to be set up as uh, cash over games. It's a term that I use. I'm using teams that are, uh, I am using cash over games. So basically it's using players from games that are expected to have a really high uh, over under, right? Or there should be a lot of points. Even if the over under is not high, you expect that those defenses are weak. So you should see a lot of points. And I'm also using a technique called uh, not just stacking, but a double stack. Okay. So I'm using a double stack. What does that mean? So in the same exact setup, so quarterbacks, two running back, a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defensive special teams. This means that I have a quarterback linked up with two pass catchers in the same game. Okay, so let me go over it real quick, and I'll give you the uh, the, the dollar amounts as well that go along with it. I have Josh Allen in my quarterback, ninety-two hundred dollars, the highest priced quarterback on the slate. I have Eno Benjamin at 6,300 for my running back, as well as Ramondre Stevenson at 7,500 as a running back. Those two guys are not part of the, the stack with Josh Allen, but here are two guys that are. Gabe Davis, the wide receiver, 6,900, and Stefan Diggs, the wide receiver, at 8,900. I also put Tyler Boyd in there at 6,000. I think Tyler Boyd's going to eat this week. Again, that double stack is because it's the way to hedge against something negative happening. Josh Allen should have a lot of points this week against the Chiefs defense that is Better than people think, but not good enough to stop this passing game. And this team in general does not go outside of passing for touchdowns uh, other than two players, Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis. That's why I felt secure doing that. 
You could do a double stack and feel pretty comfortable about it as well. If you had Tua and let's say Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, that's usually about 80% of their target, uh, like target rate, target level, excuse me, uh, target percentage. And very similar here. Maybe Dawson Knox gets in the end zone, but honestly, no. I want these two receivers, and it's because the tight end in this lineup is George Kittle at 5700 I had $5,900 left over uh, for my flex, and I went with A.J. Dillon on that line item. He had the best chance based on everything that was offered, and my and that's because my defensive special teams one that I hope I'm wrong on, but because of how the offense is set up and knowing that Andy Dalton's the quarterback, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at 3600 as my defense. Even if Jameis was the quarterback, there's the opportunity for more turnovers. Turnover equity goes up um, when you have Jameis Winston over Andy Dalton. But it's usually kind of a balance out because you're usually going to get less yards and less offensive opportunities with Andy Dalton. So you probably have a lower score. So that's lineup one. Again, that's me attacking high scoring games, having Eno Benjamin in there because that should be a high scoring game, having all the bills that I have in there because that should be a high scoring game as well. And also, Having Ramondre Stevenson against in a lineup and setup where there's no Miles Garrett, I like the Patriots running backs this week. Here's the second way to do this. This one is me going after high value players and doing a a reverse stack. Okay, so I'm stacking and reverse stacking. So what does that mean? I'm stacking like I did last game. Where you have a quarterback and a pass catcher. But then, instead of having a second pass catcher, a.k.a. a double stack, I'm doing a reverse stack. I have the defense going against my stack. Okay, so, I have at my quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, $7,100 on the slate. Still have Ramondre Stevenson at $7,500 at running back. My other running back is Brees Hall at $7,100. Court, uh, wide receivers. I'm sticking with Gabe Davis at $6,900. It's just too good of a price point for him. Chris Godwin at 6,800. Very similar. Justin Jefferson at 9,200. I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big with a guy who has the opportunity to get double-digit receptions, more than 100 yards, and a touchdown. Sticking with George Kittle at 5,700 at my tight end. He's the stack that I have with Jimmy Garoppolo as my quarterback. Raheem Mostert is sitting there at $6,500 as my flex. I was able to get him at that 6,500 uh, price point because... I went with the lowest price defense on the slate. The Atlanta Falcons at 3,000. Double stack. Why? Because there's an opportunity for this game to play out one of two ways for the Falcons to have success. Lower scoring contest where they don't give up a lot of points and you still have the lowest score, uh, the lowest price defense on the slate. That's a win on what we're calling an effective punt. Quote unquote punting on a, on a, uh, a position. I'll mention that in a second. But the second way that this can play out. The Falcons... Defense can win by the San Francisco 49ers blowing them out. Why? You might have a situation happen where they're blowing them out. Quote, unquote, the backup quarterback gets in there or a backup situation or Jimmy Garoppolo just makes a mistake and you end up getting a turnover. You end up because you're pinning your ears back trying to get to them, getting a sack that you might not have gotten in a normal circumstance. That's how you can also win in that scenario. Now, just to bring up what a punt is, because I mentioned it. That's when you take a position. It's usually defense or tight end, sometimes even quarterback, and you will effectively punt on it, meaning you take the lowest priced player in that situation and you play them that week. 
Again, the Falcons, I did that because the Falcons might get, if the Falcons get two sacks and still give up 28 points, I won. Okay? So that's what that means. Um, There have been weeks when I've punted on quarterback. That's not usually the good play unless someone got injured in practice that week and the backup is an effective player. Um, Punting on tight end because of how much of a wasteland is. Tight end, sometimes you don't want to go in the bandwidth of going below the top two or three. So you, you're good with going with a Tyler Conklin who might be really low priced uh, on a slate. Punting on flex. Flex is the easiest position to punt on because you can play any player not named a quarterback or a, tight end, uh, a quarterback or a defense. So usually people punt on defense, special teams, then tight end. Flex is the easiest one to punt on and quarterback only in situations that it calls for. You never want to punt on wide receiver or, or running back. All right, folks, those are my daily fantasy lineups my suggestions of what to play remember if you have any questions reach out to me you can hit me up on twitter uh my dms are effectively open uh it's at cj florida nine that's at cj the entire state of florida spelled out in the number nine uh if you know me whether you need to contact me on any other social media or via email address you can email me at uh at cj florida nine at gmail.com or you can just hit me up if you need any any advice be mindful. Please don't try to hit me up an hour or even two before a game. Definitely not within the hour of games kicking off on Sunday. Uh, just think about how you would feel about something <laughs> happening like that when you're just try- trying to enjoy the situation or make your own decisions. So be mindful of that. And I hope that you all enjoy the football that's about to come on here on Saturday, the college football, but definitely enjoy the NFL slate and success to your fantasy teams. Unless you're playing against me, I hope your whole team sits out that week. This is Chris James signing off for the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast, Fantasy Football Fridays, Episode 6, Season 2. Let's get it. Take care and enjoy your week, folks. Bye-bye.